0: As ever,
1: I can tell you <laughs> right. We're putting our hands on passes and balls. and
2: Receivers, uh, they couldn't catch a cold if it was the middle of February. Well, I don't get I a day, they hey, no good. He, he it. They're cold. He missed it! He missed it! Drop
0: it on my feet next time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 91 of the Soda City Sit-Down. We have a lot to unpack tonight. We are recording this episode um, just a little bit above 24 hours past the end of the South Carolina Vandy game, which happened on Saturday night. It was an absolute doozy, a headache. Um, I think I had, uh, I don't even know how many mini strokes that I had just during this game, and I didn't even get to sit down and watch it for the entire time, let alone be in the stadium like some of you guys. Uh, so we got a lot to break down with it, uh, pros, cons, 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 and more cons. Uh, a lot to talk about with job security for people and uh, both, I guess, players and coaches in a sense. And yeah, it's just it's it's a mess to go over. Um, I'm gonna let uh, one of you guys get into it since y'all saw most of it, and I'll kind of give my point of view on it, and I guess, as well a little bit, and we'll we'll send all around, but. One of the guys, I guess, that was at the game. Y'all want to start it off with what y'all
3: saw? I guess, like, where do we start, right? (laughs) I mean, you mentioned some pros and cons. Uh, I think the very obvious pro is that we won the game. Despite everything that happened, uh, with about two minutes left in the fourth quarter, I felt like if we managed to come back, I would just be playing unhappy. But if we managed to lose... Then it would be just absolutely devastating, and I walked out of that stadium just pretty unhappy. But it was a whole lot better than walking out with a loss to Vanderbilt and being the worst team in the SEC. Uh, hey, you can joke about us almost losing to Vandy,
0: but we didn't lose to Vandy. You know that. It, well, we can put that on the shelf until next year. Maybe someone else will do it before we do it, and we'll make it a lot easier. But yeah, it was uh, it was pretty pretty ridiculous. Honestly, but I'm not I'm not like you i oh, go ahead, Austin. Just
1: because we beat Vanny doesn't necessarily mean we're not the worst team in the SEC. That might sound harsh, but let's be realistic that that wasn't exactly a. Uh, I guess the wins don't have to be quality wins. That definitely wasn't, but that was a pure luck and circumstantial win. There, um, we are a a miracle Mill and drive from being the bottom of the barrel of this conference and arguably the Power Five as a whole. Um, so. I, I'll let Devin take it over because there's a I, we all have a lot to talk about and I could go on, so I'll kind of pass the mic to Devin here.
2: So I'll really get into ripping the coaching staff here in a few minutes, but first I want to say I'm going to start with a little sunshine pumping.
0: Let's just take a moment here to to recognize the the moment that this is about to happen. I mean, Devin is going to sunshine pump after beating Vandy by one point. <laughs> But go ahead, I guess,
2: I guess that's how you know things are really really fallen for our spirits. things are you know, weird right now, right <laughs> Um, so yeah, you know it's like the old the old saying, like things are never as good as they seem, things are never as bad as they seem, and I think that kind of really applies here when you get when you look like you're worse than Vandy and you beat them by one somehow, you really feel like you bottomed out as a program, but I don't really think that's the case overall anyway. Um, Like, what, we had 10 penalties for, like, 80 yards and four turnovers? It was bad, yeah. Up. Yeah. And, I mean, two of those fumbles we had were were on drives where we were, like, going marching down the field. So mm-hmm. my problem is that I don't think this team is as bad as they're looking. I think the offense has talent, and I think our offensive line has talent as well. I yeah, I think- mean, I think –
0: I, I completely agree with you. I don't want to cut you off, but go ahead. But I, I'm saying I do agree.
2: Yeah, it, it, I I don't think the talent is the issue. And one thing I will say for this Beamer staff so far, and this is really the only thing I can say aside from the energy and culture, is that they are recruiting phenomenally. I, from what yeah. I've heard from behind the scenes, they they are doing better than Muschamp ever has, and that's how you turn a program around. Now,
0: Yeah, getting, we did miss out on a couple guys this week that we've been wanting, but I think those are pipe dreams.
2: Yeah, well, the thing with the Oscar Delp, I heard, I heard from someone I, I trust that um, you know Delp was all Gamecock or all Bulldog from the very beginning, and it was never really in. Competition yeah, I think that was all. pretty
0: clear if you really read between the lines. I mean, the the social media banter and not uh, well, necessarily banter. Well, well the, but... the
2: reason I'm bringing it up is because apparently Beamer and staff really gave him something to think about, and that's why he delayed his decision even that's though big. he was never not going to Georgia. Anyway, that's, 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 the, that's the positives I have for the staff. Now, what I want to get into, and I think we'll all have a lot to say about this, aside from the penalties and turnovers, is coaching. I lost a lot of faith in Beamer as a head coach, the way he called the game from a head coaching standpoint, and then obviously Satterfield. I mean, I've made that clear since game two. I want him gone. I think he's <laughs> god-awful. Our friend J.C. Sherbert of a, at the Big Spur has made it very clear that he doesn't want him around either. What are your, What are your guys' thoughts on coaching?
0: I, I I was gonna make a comment on on JC on Twitter this week. That man was not not saying you know mincing his words when it came to Satterfield. He was letting it all air out, uh, which is something. I mean, I I think even through the darkest days of the Muschamp era, I don't remember him really doing anything like that. And holding his tongue and i mean i think i think that says something when you got a guy who is definitely well respected as a insider in this fan base and really you know across like you know the 24-7 sports uh franchise and their network of of reporters and insiders and all of that i mean it really goes to show i i was on this bus i mean if you go back and you go week by week documenting what we've talked about after every game. You know, I I do tend to be the sunshine pumper. And, um, I mean, I I just don't think it's a good look to fire a coach, a good offensive coordinator or something like that, that early. We talked about it the other week. We had a Twitter poll on it with Auburn situation. They fired, uh, was it like a D-line coach or who was it? Whatever. They fired a coach like four games in, three games in, something like that. And I thought it looked weak. It looked bad. But you start to look at this, what's going on here, and there's just absolute like like you mentioned JC, he's mentioned it, no identity on this offense. Seven games into a tenure, that's early, that's early. But there's nothing to look at and say this is what this team does, other than get penalties and hold and false start. Um, And there's. There is the things, I mean, there's, you could go on and on. We've gone on and on about the play calling, you know, on the goal line against Tennessee. thought that was a big middle finger to a lot of people on that first play call. Uh, still throwing it to Muse in a similar-looking play without the trickery um, <laughs> with that first touchdown drive. But uh, I, I I think the, the timer has definitely kind of reached its limit on Satterfield because I've been looking and looking and looking for some sort of improvement,
3: and it's not there throw even like yeah the identity thing is something we're still searching for but like we said there's clearly some pieces on this team i think tyler i remember you mentioning just how there would be some guys that we would talk about how they they wanted to showcase them and they'd have a good game and then they disappear i mean it's clear yeah. that there's pieces they'd on like this And it be like in the team. press
0: conferences Saturday people would go i need to give the ball to juju more and then i mean i know he was suspended for this game but you know he i want to get the ball to juju more and then they give the ball to juju for the ecu game and then uh, what is i mean juju's had plays he's in there but i mean and he's a good he has his highs and on on special teams but i mean i feel like he doesn't get the ball enough for what he should
3: and a huge shout out to jaheem bell he's kind of my i guess if, if you wanted to say mvp for the game but also the fact that we've had jaheem bell just sitting around not being our number one receiving threat which he he looks to be the most talented pass catcher on this team and we don't we don't figure that out until the 7th game of the season against Vanderbilt i mean 6 catches for 136 yards definitely made the play of the season um, on that just absolutely stiff arming the safety down the field it was an incredible effort by him um, just a really cool fantastic yeah, and, well, and, and that's a no, that's a good example. Like Zaquandre Wright was great the first two or the first game, um, albeit against EIU. But then we hadn't even seen him. It was like he was the fourth string running back at some point, and then all of a sudden he's playing more snaps than anybody in this game. And it's just there's no consistency. And maybe part of that is like they're still trying to figure out how to use their best guys and who their best guys are. But it's a little too late for that at this point. When you're when you're like it's just. I'm with everybody saying Satterfield has to go. Like I I I tried to give him time, but there's no reason I mean, look at the first two drives. Vanderbilt gave absolutely no they they look like they weren't even interested in tackling and in covering and stopping us. And then to go the next thirty minutes or whatever plus game time without scoring again is just pathetic.
0: Brandon, we we shot ourselves in the foot in some opportunities. You know, we had the talking about coaching, and where Devin is probably one of the main factors of losing a lot of faith in in Beamer. I'm not saying that I agree with that, but um, but going for it on fourth and four, like inside of the twenty yard line. Well, if there's was,
2: three coaches. Sorry,
0: go ahead. I was gonna say if it's fourth and one. Really, I don't. I don't. I can't think of a situation where we were at in the game there where I would think, yeah, let's go for that. Other than, like, let's try to get seven points. Yeah, that
1: field goal that we didn't take the points on. What the hell? After after forcing a turnover, after forcing a turnover, you go down there and you don't capitalize on points. You basically just gave them. That turnover meant nothing, essentially.
2: I know Beamer went on record. He went on record saying he had faith in the offense. They were moving the ball. He felt he could have got those four yards. You know what? I can even understand that. But what the hell was the play call?
3: Yeah, so. I can you can blame Beamer for for going for he's been aggressive a couple of times and it shot us in the foot, but does is he the one that said hey let's let's run this play where we throw the ball to the to the line of scrimmage and honestly I mean it, was, that,
1: it wasn't even yes on that play particularly but even the offense in general that whole game all we did was throw either on or behind the line of scrimmage how many plays realistically were a deep throw until the last yeah unless, drive. until the last drive when Zeb came in. of our offense was throwing the ball half a yard past the line of scrimmage or right on the line of scrimmage and expecting our running back or our receiver to make a play. And I don't know if our receivers are cut out for that kind of work. It showed it didn't. And it's like we don't trust our receivers to get separation. I don't know if that's a trust issue with the coaching staff and the receivers or if we just – if that is literally the only play calling we know how to do is bubble screens and little three-yard out routes.
0: I think this this defense can do that. I mean, you saw – I mean, I think you've seen Van get separation at times when they have gone downfield. And I think, you know, I think you can put Jenkins out there and just throw the ball higher up than anybody else you know, for, for a large sense.
2: It's easy It's easy to shit on Satterfield as he's play calling and awareness has just been atrocious this season. But also, I'm pointing big fingers here at Atkins and Hardesty, our running backs have not helped the offensive line look good. And that's a two-way street. Neither one. They're mutually awful together. They are not hitting holes properly. I think they've been horribly coached. Hardesty is actually my number one to go this year. Marshawn Lloyd. Has zero vision. Probably worse than he zero was in vision. high school. He runs into blockers. He chooses wrong cuts. And I feel for him. I want him to be good. But I think he's just not getting the coaches' coaching he
3: needs. The, and then th- Adkins, the fumble the play was absolutely tragic. Because not only did he not hit the hole that was there. He then stops, tries to come around, and then just gets absolutely wha- whacked right. at the line. There's, it's
2: clearly a coaching issue there. And then the biggest thing from this game that I've been saying all year, and you guys have probably seen it as well, is we cannot block blitzing players. I mean, you learn it in high school that you can't let someone blitz up the A-gap and just come through easily. Like, I It's mind-blowing to me that we can't scheme around that. You can't blame the O-line when there aren't enough players on the field to pick up the block. So Adkins, Hardesty, and Sat, I want them all gone. I think you know Spurrier, he had a bunch of different coaches, assistant coaches at South Carolina. And I I don't remember if it was the first season or not that he fired them, but there was definitely a carousel around there. And I think Beamer, this is going to say a lot about his tenure here. I think you need to let these three guys go early, like right after the Clemson game, and then – get on the hiring path because it's or, not or working out there.
0: on before the Clemson game for someone in particular. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. For me, it just it starts with, uh, I, I think we could get rid of all of those guys at some point. Um, but I'd like to see, if we get rid of Satterfield first and those position groups all of a sudden start looking a little bit better, then we might have known what the problem is. And I don't know if that's feasible, but I'd like to see it, I guess. I don't want to see another game where Satterfield's calling plays.
2: Yeah, it's really hard to fire an
3: OC midseason, but... It's hard to watch us be the worst offense in the Power 5, too, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is also very hard. That is very hard. Um, yeah, I think, but I think now, if you're going to do it, now is the time to do it. I mean, you've got four wins, you've got five games to play, and there, there are, there's enough on the schedule where you could find two wins. And you just need to, I mean, I, I know we're, we're selling it short, you know, coming under 500, all that. And all of our easiest wins are behind us, and we picked up the majority of them. But if, if you're going to do something, do it now. Do it now. Because, it, you. Got, it, I mean, it's either it, it really is now or never. If we don't do anything, I, I find it very difficult to pick up the two wins. I mean, we, we've been talking about how Van, uh, Mizzy was trash, but Vandy is garbage, dumpster fire, i, well, I got
2: to be honest, a a I think Matthew's on the, same, on the same page I don't think we win another game this year. Mizzy would be the only one left. That's possible, I think. If you're judging with purely off of situation. what we have shown,
3: yeah. I mean, I yeah. think we mentioned that a while ago. We were like, if the O-line doesn't get better, I think we said after the the Kentucky game, maybe. It was like, are we are we going 4-8? And, eight? <laughs> and it's, it's looking like we... I, the fact that we have more wins than losses right now is absolutely incredible. And there's no Especially reason that... Here. I mean, you look at what our our record was supposed to be before the season. I know Vegas put us up three and a half, whatever. Um, but most of us kind of felt like five to six was, was where we should be looking.
0: Which, by the way, I landed on. I hit that yesterday. So I don't know when I get paid out on that. So Do I, I, I or... want to add
1: to that. I hate... <laughs> And maybe this isn't a fair assessment, right? So there's been people kind of chirping that just because Vegas had at a, at only three and a half wins for the season doesn't mean that should have been our ceiling or our expectation. We should always, yeah, so that should always mean that we should strive higher from that. Just because Vegas said we won, we were going to win three and a half and we've won four doesn't mean, oh, this coaching staff is overachieved and we should be happy and that, you know, you no, need to get this. I'm only bragging develop.
0: about that for my betting. No, no, no Vegas, I got,
1: so. and I wasn't referring to you, but just <laughs> there are people who think that just like, we we quote unquote met the expectation, albeit barely, um, that we should just be peaceful and content with where the program is. And I think that's absolute dog shit. I think that uh, while we've we have met the bare minimum, that's pretty much all we're meeting. And I think that that's unacceptable for this type of program.
3: We are so lucky to be four and three. We talked about in the preseason looking at the schedules. I mean, the four games we've played all, all this year that we've won the games, we were like 98% sure we'd win. And we we, we so could have lost one or more of, of the Troy, the Van. Oh, we easily be two and five right now.
0: One and six. We can easily be two and five and right six. now. One uh, and six. I'd give it one and six. One, we can be one and six. We really could yeah. be one and six. So
2: before we kind of start talking about the players and plays and the nitty gritty, the last coach I want to dive into is Clayton White. Now, I don't blame Clayton White for a single thing this season. I don't think we have a bunch of talent in the secondary. I don't think Dial or um oh, who's the other the other? Rush guy? is the one that uh, got Rush, exposed Darien's the whole Rush. game. Yeah, yeah, Rush and Spalding. I, I think I Dial's guys, been fine. Okay. Those guys are clearly not SEC backs. They're not. And Dial I know played well in the beginning of the season, but he's been he was pretty bad this game and against Tennessee. Um these guys are clearly not SEC caliber players. But I think Clayton White is getting everything he possibly can out of this defense. So I don't have a negative word to say about him for this game, Tennessee, Georgia, anything. I think he has been a huge bright spot for this team. Yeah,
0: and I think even when you look at it, you know, it's like, oh, well, you gave it 20 points to Vanderbilt. I mean, even with that, 20 points to Vanderbilt is not bad considering we gave them a lot of really good situational things, right? I mean, didn't I mean, I mean like I said, I didn't watch the game. Um, I'll get into that more in a little bit, maybe. Um, but I didn't watch all of the game. Like every, I sit down, start to finish, and watch this game. But I mean, didn't we gift them the ball like in really good field position a couple times, and like a muff punt or something like that, or a fumble and all that kind of stuff. All of the scores Vandy had
3: anything? were off of us making busts and coverage, or I think the the Lloyd fumble started them within the twenty-one time. So re- realistically, well, I get yeah. Because the first drive of the game, they kick a field goal off of 50 yards. We miss a tackle in open space for 30-yard touchdown. We gave up another deep bomb. Realistically, the defense outside of a couple gaffes. I mean, it was kind of the same way with ECU. There were a couple times we gave a massive field position, and then we gave up a 75-yard touchdown. On a play-to-play basis, we dominated on defense.
1: Yes, and it's almost—it's like every other game. What do you expect the defense to do when the offense can't score points, and the offensive play calling is anemic, and they can't move down the field, and the defense is constantly having to make plays? It's demoralizing you turn over five times. Exactly, it's demoralizing. The defense feels like they're out there busting their ass, and then the offense just basically kicks them in the nuts, and says thanks, but no thanks. Like, it's demoralizing. It's demeaning. It, it really wears down on you, and they're out there most of the game. So, I, 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 I'm with Devin. I think yeah. the defense is doing the best they can given the circumstances. The yeah. offense needs to get their shit together and score points. That's what the problem is.
0: Yeah. And, and like, what I'm talking about, too, is, like, we have this one. Like their, their first touchdown drive was three plays, 14 yards. 14 yards to go to score a touchdown. You know, how can you fault the defense on that? I mean, you, you, the offense gave them the ball on the fourteen, or yeah, the fourteen yard line.
3: Yeah, I thought our D line did what. Sorry. they should do against a Vandy O line that's not talented. Yeah, um, it definitely probably was weird for them to have to play against a running quarterback, and we're not necessarily the team that's built to to cover that. And I thought we did an, an all right job. I mean, uh, the Vandy quarterback you, you got to give him some credit. He came in and he played a pretty good game. I mean, to to throw for over 200 yards and rush for 40, um, especially with the, the previous Vanderbilt SEC games having zero points for him. I mean, we helped him out by leaving some guys open, but they have to, in the end, they have to make the plays. And for a backup quarterback that is primarily a runner to be able to hit some of those plays was, I mean, you got to give him some credit because he had, he had pressure on him all day and we had a tough time really getting him down. But why does South Carolina always make the backup quarterback look good? That's just – you want to talk about identity. Yeah, that's 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 something. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that identity.
0: <laughs> but it's like – I mean, look at the list of quarterbacks that have just burnt us over the years, and, like, they're nobodies.
2: That happens. I mean, it happens to a lot of teams. That's not a South Carolina thing. Backup quarterbacks this year have been dominating in general.
0: Yeah, I mean, our backup quarterback made Bandy look
1: silly, but <laughs>
2: – So talking about quarterbacks – Let's dive into the quarterback position for South Carolina going
1: forward. Question marks, question marks, question marks. Sorry,
2: I don't think Zeb is the best quarterback on this team. I think through the entire game, you could see Doty was not putting pressure on that foot when he was throwing. But I do think Doty, I mean, he came out in the first quarter and looked incredible. I think he got into his own head, to be honest. And and if he really
0: is injured, that, that is going to affect you.
2: I think my thing with Zeb is that, we saw the reason we wanted Doty to we were calling for Doty to begin with this season was because Zeb didn't know what to do in pressure, he was so bad with pressure. We lucked out that Vandy only rushed three throughout the entire last drive, and that's why we marched that out was and scored so easily.
3: It made no sense to me.
2: Yeah, if they had rushed at all, we
3: Zeb would have had issues.
2: So I still think Doty's the best quarterback going forward and against when he's defenses. healthy. expect zeb to struggle
3: in his current state i don't think he should play if he's not healthy by the end of the season i don't think he should play be completely honest there if we're going to send him out like he has been the last three weeks i mean sure he maybe he's a slight upgrade over zeb in a 75 percent health but it's just not worth it i mean you got to get the guy he's gotten reps but if he's not able to do half of what his talent is in running the ball and being able to avoid pressure and make pressure throws. I mean, using one of your feet, is that's hugely important. I, now, one thing I did see from the stadium um, that I don't know if uh, y'all weren't there to see, but uh, to me, I think it genuinely was an issue, was it was a super windy day, and you could tell um, in the first quarter, for some reason, Doty was throwing the ball really well with the wind in his face. So the pass to Bell... Um, on the long on the deep ball, a couple of the other passes we had down the field, down the middle of the field, uh, he was hitting them right in stride. But when the ball start, started going the opposite way, from student section to uh, the other side, that's when all of the picks happened. You saw all of them were overthrows, and I'm not saying that that's all the issue, but it was definitely part had something to do with it. It was a pretty nasty wind. Um, I know our 70 yard punt that we had was was going with the wind, and then. The, both punters were, were punting the ball down and roll, uh, kicking rollers going the other way. So it seemed like, for some reason, he was just completely incapable of throwing it with, with the wind going that direction. That was just a, my observation from the game as something my dad and I, who I was sitting with, were talking about. It's just very odd.
1: So for me, obviously I'm with everyone else. I think if Doty's not healthy, you don't force him out there to play. You just let Zeb take the snaps and do the best he can, given our situation. My worry right now is that we're kind of losing a lot of development on our, I mean, Doty's supposed to be our guy, right? So I don't know the health of his foot right now, where he's at, but assuming he misses a lot of time, I mean, that's still development with this coaching staff, with his offense that he's missing. And I'm worried that's going to really hinder him even going into next year. So that's just a worry that I have now is how much is this going to affect him going forward? You know, if he doesn't finish out the rest of the year, only plays two games, whatever, what have you. I mean, we're cutting. I don't
0: think it's going to be. I mean, I don't think that's going to be missing
1: games. Is missing games. That's that's reps. That's time. That's getting familiar with the offense. Um, Who's to say Sat even last the year again? Like this is just a lot of crucial time that he's missing that we need him. You
0: know. Well, yeah, I mean, but at the same time, (laughs) the the way we're talking, and if we got our way, we're going to have a new offense next year anyway. So (laughs) why get so familiar with this one? and <laughs> with, with our wishes, I mean, I know it doesn't work that way, but, you know, it's, I, I don't, I mean, it, it's definitely a concern, I don't know if it's one that's like, I, I, it's top of the list, because it's something these guys, I mean, he's still in the playbook, he's still in the film room, you know, he might not be physically doing it on Saturday under the lights, and they're still able to do certain things during practice, um, to kind of get into shape, even while not, you know, going up full speed, so... And he's gonna have a full off season. I mean, if he gets a foot injury now, he'll be. If even if he shut him down now, he's gonna be good to go before, you know, well before spring ball and all that. And so I think that there's not gonna be a lot to worry about there. Uh, but it's just you know, I think the biggest thing. I, I think it's gonna be good too. I guess to counter your point is like look at Helensky. That dude got banged up so much his freshman year, and and he really didn't need to be a starter. I mean, with Doty it's different. Like he, he is was the guy going into the season, but like Kalinsky was never expected to be the starter at all. You know, throughout the majority of the season, and he got thrown in there week two and was beat up. We had the knee injury against um, against Georgia, and that game. You know, everyone knows he missed the second half of that. Um, a couple other games with key injuries and stuff they had to deal with. He had to miss the an A and M game in entirety because of it. So, and and was that the only reason he never really saw the field again in South Carolina? No, but I think it had a big big factor into it is that we just never let him get healthy, and he you know, was able to turn around from that.
3: Yeah, I I think that with with Doty, at least for the the time upcoming, he he's probably not going to play against A and M. I I would hope we, unless there's like a a situation like this past game where he needs to come in on the last drive if, if it's even necessary, but I just, I don't see him playing much. this The week. odds of that happening though? yeah, very low. <laughs> and then the bye week next week, I think after that, you kind of decide whether he's going to be the guy the rest of the season or not. Um, that's, that remains to be seen. I don't know. Maybe you'll see some of both Zeb and Luke. I, uh, it's hard to, hard to really get excited about anything going on in the quarterback room right now. This was definitely, uh, his worst game, blame it on weather, blame it on injury, regardless of that. I mean, he, he looked... Yeah, like it was absolutely his worst game. game. And he, he hadn't looked super impressive all season, but I to me, I thought he had been average. He'd been about what we expected. He was better than last year, but not fully polished, um, not fully healthy. But he was doing okay, but it's clear that whatever happened yesterday is it's not going to work going forward at least in his yeah. current state
0: i, I yeah. agree with you there
3: that's really all i have i, I don't know if you, we kind of hit on everything to do with the game um any other standouts to me i i just feel like i have to reiterate i really want to see jaheem bell getting the ball moving forward more often he seems like the best guy out there
0: yeah i like to see jenkins get the ball a bit more as well yes
3: absolutely Right, my only thing
2: would just be, we
3: got to stop playing Marshawn Lloyd and
2: Dak Joyner. Like...
0: I'm not going to say it's time to give up on, on Marshawn Lloyd. Um, because, I mean, he's still a five-star, and he's got to figure out a lot. He hasn't played football, you know, really for a year. He, he had a lot of time off. I know you have the Joiner hate, I think. I mean, he had the catch along the sideline that set him up, you know, for the end goal situation and all of that on that final drive. Um, that was a good play, very important play. Um he can he can he can make plays, but he can also not make plays at the same time in Joiner situation. If you were going to cut shut someone down and just say time to move on to somebody else, definitely would be Joiner because he's been at like he's had so much time under his belt to get to that point, and it just hasn't been anything that's really other than like a few shining moments here or there, like latched on for anything. Lloyd has had I mean he's had a couple good runs more and more as it has progressed as a season, um, but yeah, I, I think he needs to figure out a way just to learn the vision of being a sec back and and i mean he's got good speed and all that kind of stuff and i he just got, has to kind of figured out i think but in a what's lot the of ways. point
2: of playing him? we already have a back that's like him and kevin harris we have juju who's electric and white i'm not saying that don't play him i'm saying that there's running he should be the so can get it done
3: yeah i think he he should be the fourth string i think there needs to be some shuffling at positions but hey i one guy I think we, we failed to mention for some reason this entire podcast. Welcome back, Xavier Leggett. Uh, coming up huge with that last catch, he had four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. Not any kind of crazy line, but it sounded like whatever motorcycle accident he had earlier in the season that was holding him out. I mean, it's a guy we've kind of mentioned here and there last year and this year as, as a guy we wanted to see. And, you know, if you, you want to see a guy come up and take a spot, it might be him. I don't know. Yeah, um, and I have one question, though, on that
0: is, does he think that anytime like, you go for a catch, you have to, like, roll on the field? I just thought it was kind of funny um, because he got the target uh, on, uh, I think, second and goal down there on that game-winning drive, and he missed the ball and, like, went to the ground and, like, f- rolled it over. And then he did the same thing on the touchdown catch, and it was, like, I was watching it on a phone at a wedding reception and I I really didn't know if he caught the ball or not. Like you couldn't tell because of course, you know, we're, we're trying to pay attention to two different things at one time. And we don't have a volume on, so you can't tell that the fans are like going crazy and cheering. So I was like, what, what is he doing there? Like he's doing this like weird flip. And I don't know if y'all noticed that, but I also noticed it because I just rewatched the game winning drive again, like in full attention about five minutes. before coming onto the show tonight. So, <laughs> And uh, that's just one little note that I pointed out.
3: Yeah, I guess the last thing that we have to say is it's about as disappointing as a loss can be, or as a win can be. But it, it, we've we've pulled it out. It, it feels a lot better to be four and three than it would be three and four. I don't know if I would have been able to do this podcast if it wasn't for that <laughs> final drive from Zeb.
2: That's why Clayton isn't here tonight. Clayton is feeling it. Clayton's just sick of football, Panthers and Carolina. After watching this weekend, he he told me. I said, he said he's not coming on the podcast. I said, why? He's like, I just don't want to talk about football, man. I get it.
0: I <laughs> no, I, I get it. it. I get it. Um, I I do. I guess kind of just close it out with like wait, my wait. kind of funny. What?
1: No, just I had. Um, uh, you, you know. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> um, go ahead. No, I was just going to no, tell you one story. I don't have anything else to say otherwise. I hate this notion that we're not, as a fan base, allowed to be upset with the performance that we see on the field just because we have a new staff. Is that an excuse? Of course it's an excuse. But you look at tennis... It's not an excuse. It's just an observation, Yeah, uh, Okay, I'll give it that. It's an observation. But look at Heupel, Hupel, however you say his name, even Lee, uh, Harson. Uh, look at... All these other SEC coaches that are in their first year who are doing pretty damn good with what they've got. Tennessee had like a record, like a whole teams worth of people transfer out, and they just went toe to toe with Ole Miss. Like just because we have this new staff that's unfamiliar, not basically no coaching experience, right, which is kind of like maybe an error on our end. I'm not saying that we completely screwed that up. I'm not saying that at all. But this notion that we should just, you know, give it time. There are new staff. Yes, of course there are new staff. But we we still have expectations for this program. I know Muschamp left this kind of in a a disarray. But we're allowed to be angry. We're allowed to be upset that we beat Vandy by one. Like just because we have this new staff doesn't mean everything just needs to be fine and dandy. And like I said, because we've hit the three-and-a-half win total that we were projected, that everything's as it should be. Um, I think that's just such a loser mentality, and I think that we have every right to be upset, and I think we have every right to show that like, there are a lot of questions with this staff. Beamer is making – and I am not on the fire Beamer train, so let me get that out of the way right now. I don't believe that. I don't want that. All I'm saying is there are definitely question marks on his – coaching right now uh, devin said it early in this podcast the failure to pick up blitz and this could be on satterfield too but the head coach does have big responsibilities too we're not picking up blitzes we're not making in-game adjustments it doesn't even look like we're scheming right for the game plan that we have that the for the matchups that we have offensively um we look undisciplined we had like 10 penalties and yes we do look undisciplined you know i know they play hard and they love our coach and that's great but i'm talking about discipline on the field penalties dumb penalties we're just not we, – we're not, we're not where we need to be. Um, I'm not going to beat the dead horse of Satterfield. I'm definitely on team get Satterfield out ASAP in a hurry. Um, and there's there's just a lot of question marks right now, and I think we have a right to be angry. And I think to say that we should just be, you know, okay and like understanding of where we're at is, is kind of a weak mentality. Um, I love Beamer, and I love that the players fight for him and I'm not giving up on him but he really needs to kind of do some self reflection and see what the best method is going forward because what we have right now isn't it um, so there's yeah. just to be some
0: adjustments. And, and and to your point I do want to say I know you mentioned Harson Harson in my opinion definitely of, of the four new SEC coaches this season Harson is not in the same category with like what he inherited uh, because I'm firmly on the position that it was a mistake to fire on when they did uh, because I don't think that program was like in disarray or horrible or anything like that. I think there was a lot in the cupboard there. Um, and then with Hupel, I'm going to stand by it until I'm proven otherwise. He's not a good coach. Uh, and I think that's one of those time will tell things. Yeah, he's off to a good start. But how many coaches have we seen get off to a good start? How many coaches have we seen get off to a slow start and seen things? I mean, look at – I hate having to use this as the example. But look at Dabo's first five years at Clemson. And did you see anything there that would tell you that the next five years at Clemson would happen?
1: But he also has the best offensive coordinator in the country right now. They had two of the he best didn't, Well, yeah, he had to get all of that. Of course he did.
0: It took five years to do that.
3: Heifel got Tennessee just excited enough that the the Hillbillies came out this past game
0: <laughs> with their golf <laughs> yeah, balls they're and they're bottles they're of good.
3: mustard. <laughs> Gus
2: thinks bullshit, too. I mean, Gus has beaten Saban more than anyone. I think that was a bad firing. But he did. he has lost it a little bit, though.
0: But but I will say when you look at look at that UCF program and I know UCF team has not been doing very good and they got the beats break off beats breaks beaten off of them this past weekend against Cincinnati surprise surprise uh, but look what look what Heupel took over there hypo whatever you say his I think name it's pronounced Heiple Heiple I believe you're right uh, yeah Heiple that sounds right. Um, when he took over from Scott Frost and granted, you're not going to go 14, 0 or whatever it is every single year. I understand that. But I think what now, what he's handed over to, to Gus, it's, it's not, I mean, it is a broken down piece of machinery. And I think a lot of that is on him. And I, you see that. And I just don't think he did a lot to progress like, or even just keep that program at the same or, you know, running right at that same level. So, um, that's why I say what I say on that. I'm not going to break down, you know. I'm not going to give a grade on every single coach. Yeah, but, we'll, get, um, we'll
2: get into the state of the program. It's maybe during the bye week or Tuesday. We'll see. But, yeah, let's wrap this one up. I think we all have pretty clear thoughts on the on where this team is and where it's going right now. Missouri, I think, is the one game that we have a shot to hit five. But, hey, you never know. Maybe something will click with the coaching. But, you know, given the rumors with Satterfield, his how he's been conducting himself in the locker room and – what we've seen on the field i think something needs to be done sooner rather than later and at the latest after the clemson game but remains to be seen and i'm still proud of our players man I, I think there's a ton of talent on offense and there's no excuse for them averaging 16 points a game and i think the world of quayton white so i think his team has potential going down the stretch and definitely in the next season but coaching something needs to be done about for sure. yeah you
0: can shake it up and that, that happens after first year but uh, like i was trying to say um before Austin so rudely cut me off. Nah, I just mess man. But uh, um, I, like I was saying, uh, I kind of mentioned it. Had a wedding. Brother-in-law I had to pick one of those fall Saturday weddings that we had to go to. Um, but all love to them, crafts to them, and all that kind of stuff. But it, I thought the funniest part of the night was, you know, we, we have the wedding ceremony in the middle of the game. Props to them. It was quick, in and out, like under 30 minutes in the ceremony. Uh, but what was so funny was um, we get to the uh, – we get to the like cocktail hour and reception, and all of that, and everyone's like, boom, sh- like, like the the groom's family, like you know, my side of it all is like straight to the TVs, get into the Carolina game, all that kind of stuff. And then the cocktail hour ends, and we have to go into the you know the actual um, reception and all that. And you know, at the beginning of the reception, they bring in the bridal party and the bride and groom, and they do all that first dance and the father daughter dance and and you know mother son dance and all that kind of stuff. So they're doing all this, and I thought I was just being the rude one at my table with a couple people that had the game up. And then I look over, you know, they're doing all these big monumental moments, and you see the Brides family, the Brides from New Jersey. And so they're Rutgers fans, so a.k.a. not really college football fans, and they're all full attention, full attention on what's going on. And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe we should, like, tone it down a little bit. And and keep in mind, this is during the game-winning drive. And then I look back over on the groom's side of the family, and the majority, I would say, is Carolina fans. And I think every single table, they were all congregated in one corner of it. Everyone had their phones out watching the game during this whole thing. And I think that says a lot about college football in the South and South Carolina fans. And it's just and why should have part fall of it. <laughs> And also why you shouldn't have fall weddings. <laughs> but uh, but I guess, that, I mean, if unless, unless anyone else has anything to say, we can end it there. And uh, we'll have plenty more to talk about getting ready for A&M this week on our regular show and, and the rest of it going forward.